0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. So we've got quite a lot to discuss today as it's been a very long match week 26 in the Premier League. So there were 17 games played overall. Um, so I won't cover all 17 games as I feel like we'll be here all night. So we'll speak about the, the main games regarding top four and the teams that are challenging for the top four places as well. So Uh, We can start off with Liverpool as that's the theme of our episode today where I've titled it Another Home Defeat for Liverpool. That's five consecutive home defeats. Um, It's the first time ever in Liverpool's club history. So it's quite an embarrassing moment for us right now. Um, But because we played two matches in this uh, match week, I'll speak about the first game which we won against Sheffield United. It uh, seems like a lifetime ago, to be honest with you. But we can uh, <laughs> we can crack on on it. Uh regards to the performance, it was a good performance from Liverpool, especially in the first half, where I feel like we definitely tried to attack um, and tried to score in, um, in the first half. Ramsdale had a fantastic game. Uh, made a good couple of saves in particular. Salah had a shot uh, with his right foot, which he saved with his foot. And Trent as well had a, sh- had a shot later on. But we I still feel like we lack the killer, killer edge in front of goal. Um, and that has been the theme of our season, especially the last few months, I'm afraid. Um, Firmino me, for me, should have scored in the first half when he was one-on-one in front of the goalkeeper, but hit it straight at him. So I wasn't really impressed with him in terms of his finishing. Um, I feel whenever he has a half-decent game, Liverpool seem to tick. But his, que- his finishing is still in question for me. Um, it's something that will probably be looked into into the summer. As much as I love Bobby Firmino, I just feel like the false nine position for us isn't working anymore. We need to evolve as a team and maybe look into actually signing a proper number nine um, and adapt our tactics a little bit, especially if you consider how we signed Thiago and Jota in the summer. Thiago was kind of brought in to be that creative spark in the midfield. So you don't really need a false number nine to be the creative person. We actually need someone to finish the goals. Um, But yeah, that's that's another discussion for another episode. But regarding the goals, uh, great cross by Trent Alexander on the right-hand side. Debatable if it was past the line. I think the whole football wasn't past the line. So technically, that's the correct decision there. Uh, and a nice finish from Jones, who I've been really, really impressed with uh, in the course of the last couple of months. Probably this season, to be fair, he's definitely been a standout performer for me. Uh, I didn't have high expectations from him due to the fact that he's a young player and he's just come through the ranks at Liverpool. Um, so for me, I didn't want to have huge, high expectations in terms of how his season will pan out. But for me, he's one of the he's been one of the standout performers this season. Um, not even saying as a young player, as a general player in the squad. He's been fantastic, in my opinion. Um, so after that goal, Sheffield United actually had a couple chances themselves. McBurnie um, had a couple chances on goal. Probably should have done better. I think if this was another team, we may have been punished there. Um, and for me, we just didn't look solid at the back. Um, I Obviously, I was happy that we won. But for me, it wasn't a convincing victory. And I feel like that led to the next game. Uh, in the match which was against Chelsea so this was played yesterday this I have to admit is probably the worst performance we've had this season I know Klopp has gone on record afterwards to say that uh we played really well but it's just the final third which is which is true to extent but we just had no creativity whatsoever our first shot on goal was on the 84th minute And that was a header by Gini Alden, where I feel like it wasn't really a solid chance because it was a lofted cross by Trent. And it was very difficult for him to produce any power on that header. So it wasn't a clear-cut chance in that aspect. But that was our first shot on target. So it just summarises how awful we were in the attacking half throughout that game. But I'll be honest with you, the defence for me just looked really shaky. Fabinho returned to the squad... And was our 20th, I believe it is, centre-back partnership this season uh, alongside Kabak. Me personally, I would not have started Fabinho as a centre-back this game. I would have placed him as a sen- as a defensive midfielder and played Phillips and Kabak. For me, Phillips has done decent. Obviously, he's not so- set the world alight. But for me, he's done a decent job. And I feel like he should have ha- had been given the opportunity to continue a run of games within the team. As he seems to play a couple of good games, then he gets dropped and it's just too much um, inconsistency with our team right now. So personally, I I wasn't... I think the starting up was fine, but I think that would have been something that I would have preferred to have been added to the squad and to the team as well. But I have to give credit to Chelsea. Let's not dwell too much on Liverpool's um, performances right now. Chelsea were fantastic in this game, and I was really impressed with how they played. Very solid performance. I think the new formation that they're playing suits the style of the current squad right now. It's debatable because I know Hassan Odoi is playing wing-back, which is not his natural position, but in terms of getting the best out of other players in the team, I think it's working perfectly for for Chelsea right now. Um, I think... But back to the game... um, the goal that was ruled out um, offside for Werner, I think we were quite lucky. Um, crazy, because they keep changing the rules regarding the handball during the course of this season, it's quite confusing to kind of have a solid opinion that that's a handball, it's not. That would probably have been given as a as a goal a few months ago um, regarding offside and handball, sorry. And, yeah, I, I don't want to speak too much about VAR and FA and all of that because for me, it's just, They've not been on par in terms of how they should be as an organisation. And the refereeing this season has been diabolical from our Premier League referees. So uh, the less you speak about that, the better, to be fair. But Timo Werner, for me, had a fantastic game. Uh, the tactics that were implemented by Chelsea were spot on in terms of stretching our defence because we played such a high line. And he was exploiting spaces and we just couldn't handle him whatsoever. Probably should have scored, I think. I know he had a goal ruled offside, but I think she should should definitely have scored one or two chances there. But for me, I know he's not being consistent in terms of his goal-scoring record right now, but he still works hard for the team. I feel like next season he'll be a bit more accustomed to the speed of the Premier League and the way his teams play. And I feel like you'll see a more prolific uh, player in Werner next season. But let's talk about the goal itself. Fantastic goal by Mason Mount coming from the left-hand side. Initially, it looked like Trent, because he was out of position, that Trent would have had enough time to react and possibly challenge Mount for the ball. But Fabinho sort of said, let me take over. I've got this. Unfortunately, he didn't have it. Um, And poor defending by both of them. I think Fabinho showed him too much. And that touch where he put it inside the centre of the box and then shot it into the corner. It's just, it's just terrible defending. I think they both should have done better. Trent should have done more to put more pressure before that shot had taken place. But yeah, I I wasn't impressed with that whatsoever. Um, Salah had a decent game as well. Had a couple assists where I think the one for Mane was a bit of a difficult one because it was a looping cross and he had to hit first time on a half volley. So that's a bit of a difficult one, but. A player of minus caliber, and I feel like probably the money of last season would have scored that. And then the second one was uh, when he gave a free ball to Jones, and Jones for some reason didn't quite view the ball that that well because he did a sort of a turn, thinking it would have the ball was coming behind him when in fact he was like literally on his feet. So and he missed, he miscontrolled it or he didn't actually touch the ball there. So the reason I've, I've raised that up is because. Uh Salah was substituted around the hour mark by Klopp, which for me was another ridiculous decision from Klopp. I have to be honest. I think his substitution um, choices over the course of the season have been really, really bad. And I love Klopp. And if you know me, you know how highly I speak of Klopp. But it has to be said. the Some of the substitution decisions were really poor. To take off Salah, our top scorer, not even our top scorer, the league top scorer with 17 goals right now. This was the game where you need to have him on. Mane and Firmino have been shocking this season. They've literally been a shadow of, of themselves from how they've played in the last few years. So I was disappointed to see Salah substitute as I'm sure a lot of uh, Liverpool fans were also. Oxley chamberlain came on. For me, as much as I like the guy and like the the way he's played for us in the last couple of years he makes zero impact in the team and I, I for me he's just not good enough for liverpool anymore he doesn't have that impact anymore i think the injury that he had unfortunately has taken a big toll on his body and he can't just he can't play with that in- intensity anymore so disappointing to say but i just have to say how i see it to be honest with you um and then 80th minute as well a time where we were sort of trying to attack there but we weren't really getting getting through so i feel like at that stage you would expect your manager to put on an attacking player, i.e., an origi, or maybe a creative midfielder to try and break, a, break up the defense, i.e., Nabi None of those <laughs> players were on the pitch. And instead, Milner, who I love as a player, was brought on, but he just had, he just, he came up there to make the midfield compact, which doesn't make sense. And at that stage, we're trying to get the equalizer. So, Another wrong choice um regarding the substitutions there I think for me Klopp probably just doesn't trust maybe Keita because I don't actually know what's going on with him in terms of his fitness I, I like I'm not sure if he's injured or he's fatigued i don't know i don't I genuinely don't know. I hear a lot of things on Twitter, but for me it's just unclarified sources there, so i don't really know um and Origi, I feel like whenever he's given him a chance, I remember he played him up front against Burnley. Kind of let us down because he had two couple of chances, one golden chance where he hit the crossbar from point-blank point range, really, one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And for me, he just doesn't trust him enough. And to be fair, whenever Origi has come on the pitch, he's made zero impact as well. So in that aspect, I don't really blame Klopp for not trusting these players, uh, which is a shame because I feel like we need such a massive rebuild. And if we weren't to get top four, which unfortunately looks like we won't, we've got a big job on our hands this this summer. So don't want to think that far ahead because it's not it's not a, an attractive thought right now. But yeah, I, I have to be honest, I haven't been impressed with Klopp's some of Klopp's decision regarding starting lineups and substitutions, but just like to make it clear, I'm definitely not Klopp out here whatsoever because I've been seeing that branded quite a lot on social media and for me that is not the answer if we were to get rid of Klopp oh god who would you replace him I know Steven Gerrard's in amazing in in, uh, Scotland right now with Rangers but it's too soon for him and I wouldn't want him to come at a point where the team is sort of at a wrong phase right now where we're not hitting the heights that we should be so but going forward let's try and think on a positive note I don't know if this will happen, but this is just my perspective of what I think should happen. I think Klopp needs to change tactics now. It's not worked. Um, we've not been winning for the last few months. And it's, it's good to beat West Ham, Tottenham, uh, Red Bull, Leipzig here and there and Sheffield United, but it's not enough. We've been so inconsistent. So for me, I would possibly drop, definitely drop one of Mane or Firmino from the starting lineup. Um, I'm not saying for how many games but for the next game we're looking at against Fulham some changes need to be made so for me personally I'd play Salah up front and I'd play I'd bring Jota back into the team so I'd play him on the left and I'd possibly play Mane there or another alternative would be Jota on the left Salah on the right and Origi up front but I don't think he has enough faith in Origi to to start him a game if I'm honest with you so for me change the formation a little bit Tiago's done all right, but he hasn't really set the world alight. Genie's been pretty solid, but we need we need more. And I think it's just been announced today that Kabak is actually injured. Um, so, the irony, um, not surprised there, is it? Um, so he's not available for the next game, uh, just like uh, Phillips wasn't available against Chelsea. So it might be a possibility that we'll see. Um, What's the number now? 21st centre-back par- partnership pairing uh, with Davis and Phillips. Well, to be fair, that's the available defenders that we have currently in the squad as well as Reese Williams, but I think he's pretty much out of the picture now. But I'm just praying that Klopp actually plays those two together and plays Fabinho as a defensive midfield, midfielder because we need him in midfield now. I I don't... If we've got two defenders who are... I've never seen Davis play, so I can't say he's a solid defender, not to knock him down, but I haven't seen him play. And Phillips has been decent this year, so why not? Just Let's just play our best players in their right positions now. And as I mentioned before, in terms of the attack, I'd go for Jota, Mane... uh, Sorry, Salah up front and Mane on the right. Just switch it up a little bit and see, see how we go. Um... But Klopp is quite stubborn when it comes to team tactics. I know in the first half of the Chelsea game, he did play a 4-2-3-1 where Jones was the advanced midfielder there. But I feel like that's just phases in matches that he does that. Whereas I feel like that should just be our formation now because we don't have enough midfielders. So Thiago, Genie and Fabinho are the first team ones we have right now. And Jones is there as well. But I feel like we shouldn't... Play Jones too much right now, we might burn him out this season. So for me, I'd, I'd play Fabinho, Tiago, and Ginny and have Jones on the bench, um, and then he can come on and make an impact. But definitely, some new tactics or new approach has to be done. And one more thing as well, the high line that we play has to be scrapped. Even when we had Van Dijk and Gomez, it worked. Last season it worked fine. Probably the previous year worked fine. This season, even that unfortunate result we had against Villa the cracks were there regarding that high line. So, for me, that needs to be scrapped because the players we currently have in the squad, and I don't mean any dispute, are not capable of playing that kind of style. So, that has to be scrapped. Play a bit more deeper. Play a 4-2-3-1 formation. And let's just try and score some goals because, I'll be honest with you, when Chelsea got the first goal, I had zero confidence that we'll score. As in the last three months, whenever we concede first, we never equalise or we never try to attack whatsoever. So, so, yeah, this deflating um, analysis, there, unfortunately, for for Liverpool there. But it is where it is, unfortunately. Um, so, regarding Chelsea. So, Chelsea had another fixture uh, in week 26 as well. So, they played Manchester United. Another boring game for Manchester United. I don't know what Manchester United do when it comes to playing these important fixtures against top four position. They just seem to suck the light out of these games and it's like they're too scared to attack or too scared to lose and they never really go go for it in my opinion um it's just yeah and the next fixture is a man city so it's a manchester derby against man city so for me i'll, I'll give you my prediction and i'll be a nil nil no, because i don't see well man city aren't great form so we can talk about that later on i guess but i'm not expecting much from manchester united if i'm quite honest with you there but back to the game um The handball shout against Hudson Odoi. So this was a bit of a debatable one. I don't think it was deliberate. So for me, I guess it was the right decision. And Greenwood actually handballed himself right after. So it kind of balances out in my opinion. But um, the funny part of that whole incident was actually Ole complaining about the decision after the game where he was blaming outside influences. So I think he was directly saying it to the media as the reason why they're not being given any penalties recently. Um, but the way I interpreted it was basically him saying that, you know, we're used to getting soft penalties um, all the time and we were enjoying it and we were loving it whatsoever. But now we're not getting any penalties, we're being treated equally and for him it's not acceptable. Either um, it is because they have been getting soft penalties and that's not me speaking as a rival fan, that's me being honest and neutral that they have, it's just the record's there. They've had 20-odd penalties this season. So, higher than any other team, it doesn't even close, comes close, in my opinion. So, it was just the irony of him complaining afterwards about not being given a penalty. But, having said that, you know, a bit of tongue-in-cheek there, I think a few months ago, they, they might have been given as a penalty. But, right now, it's just, to be honest with you, I just think it's ridiculous that the FA even changed the rules mid-season. Makes no sense to do that. I get it if they're trying to improve the game. Well, I think they're trying to improve the game, they made it worse, in my opinion. But it's it's a shame because teams that were having shouts for penalties a few months ago that weren't given, but under these new rules, they might have been given penalties. They're missing out on valuable points that could actually help them survive in the Premier League or challenge for top four. So for me, I would never have changed the rules uh, if I worked for the FA midway through the season. Have it sort of recorded on, rec- on on paper or record, whatever you want to do, and make these changes at uh, end of the season. Because it's just confusing um, for us as spectators. Um, and even the players, the players have come out after the matches for their post-match interviews, and they've said, oh, I don't know what the rules are. And I'll be honest with you, the referee doesn't even know what, know what he's doing. So... It's confusing everyone, so they've not made the Premier League easy to watch. They've with VAR as well not being misused, that's not helping the game. So it's a bit all over the place. Um, so yeah, I don't, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. You just kind of have to ride it out. But I do hope next season there's some massive changes to VAR. To these rules as well, and it's clarified in terms of what are the handball rules, what are the offside rules, what part of the body is being analyzed when you're doing it on the on the line, when you're seeing it on the replays. It all needs to be clarified for everyone. Um and stick to it. Don't change the rule halfway through the season as it becomes a bit of a joke in terms of our reputation as a major league in Europe. So yeah, not, not great from the FA there. But back to the game. Chelsea had a few chances. In particular, Hudson-Odoi had a shot. He produced quite a few attacks. As well. I remember seeing a cross where Giroud somehow just missed the ball. Normally, you'd see him score a diving header and he just completely misjudged it or didn't see the ball clearly. Clearly, sorry, And yeah, just couldn't get the finish there. And then Ziyech had a chance later on as well, um, but couldn't score. But overall, I think this is a good point for United. Chelsea may have thought. They could have got the win as i feel like they did really well in the second half but nevertheless chelsea are undefeated in 11 games under tuchel um, and then fourth now so this has been a great transformation for chelsea in the last few months um regarding tuchel i had quite a bit to say when he was appointed as i wasn't being disrespectful i i just felt like i feel like he's a good coach but i feel like he was a bit overrated and he's not someone that I fear as an opposite, opposite uh, manager, as a rival fan. But I have to be honest, in terms of reviewing what uh, his performance as a manager for Chelsea right now, he's been very smart with his approach, uh, focusing on the defence and setting a solid foundation. So playing free at the back with wing-backs has definitely helped um, reduce the goals being leaked. I think their form equals uh, Man City in terms of the last couple of months. So they're very hard to break down as an opposition team right now kind of reminds me of when conte first arrived at chelsea had a similar setup and it worked and they won the league as well under conte so interesting to see what he does next season as i feel like right now he's kind of building the foundations for the team but maybe attack will be something he'll look into next year and change his approach a little bit but but yeah good times for chelsea right now they're in great form um and definitely serious, serious um, contenders for the top four spot, in my opinion. Um, I'll speak about other teams as well, but I feel like they look really, really strong right now. So, let's speak about Chelsea's uh, opponents there, Manchester United. So, I won't speak too <laughs> too much. This is no offence to you United fans there. It's just too, too nil. And I can't really speak too much about these games. There wasn't much to say. More dropped points for Manchester United there. Agueta had a great game for Palace made some good saves during during the match um, United did have a few chances so Cavani had one close range where I feel like maybe he should have done a bit better there Rashford had a great chance for coming off the left wing uh, but just dragged the ball wide there James had a free header obviously not the tallest player on the pitch um, but maybe should have got a bit of contact or tried to get their ball on target there and Greenwood had a shot where he just went over the bar um, but it could have been worse Van Uh, Van Arnhout actually had a chance late on in the match and could have grabbed the winner. So it was a good save by De Gea there. But me personally speaking as a neutral and just analysing the games that I watch of Manchester United, especially the last two fixtures, I think they're just very over-reliant on Bruno Fernandes, expecting him to bail them out of jail literally every game. And he has been a bit ineffective in the last couple of uh, games, which is natural because he's been playing at such a high level since he's joined the club. He's bound to have slight dips. I don't even think he's been out of form as such, but he hasn't been um, as demanding in the attacking box right now. Um, but for me, other players need to step up. Um, you can't rely on one one man all the time. They need to be more clinical in the final third. As I mentioned, a few of the players had chances there and they should have probably have done better if I'm honest. Um but regarding the league position right now, considering Manchester United were joint top in January and were considered as title challenges, some fans might disagree and say, oh, we weren't. And But there was a lot of United fans talking, so there's no point of hiding around the bush now. You lot were hyping a lot regarding becoming champions and this title, was it, 21's coming this way and all that sort of stuff. But for me, you've bottled it. I feel like this was the season where teams like Liverpool are underperforming and it was the perfect chance to challenge for the title. I'm not saying you should be miles away from City because City have been in amazing form this season. But I feel like if you had challenged for the title where you know City you were breathing behind City's back and City were not playing um with too much confidence or they were playing going into games knowing that they have to win because United are only three, four points away from us, then for me, that would have added such great experience to that United squad, as you have a lot of young players in your team. But as a club and as a squad, the mentality would have changed next year where, you know, you guys tried it to mount a challenge for the title. Similar to Liverpool, where we lost by one point. Next year, we were hungry to get that title. And then fortunately, we did win the title last season. So I think it's a missed opportunity. I think it's a mentality thing as well. And I'm just going to make a, probably a harsh statement here. But under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't think United will win anything. I don't think he's an elite manager. He doesn't have that mentality to lead that team to success. Um, and that's just, my, <laughs> that's just my opinion on that. Um, I feel like if you had another manager right now, let's say you had the Ancelotti in this situation in January, you guys would definitely be challenging for the title right now because he would have had that experience, that knowledge, that know-how to win games doesn't matter how you play, but win games effectively and continue that winning momentum as time goes on. I think that's what United are lacking. I think you have a lot of talented players in your squad. But in terms of management and leadership, it's not there. But if you're a United fan, I'd love to hear from you. So please don't forget to comment underneath the video. If you're watching me live right now, send in your comments and I'll, have, I'll be happy to place it on screen for you. Um, but we can move on to the next game now. Um, talking about the leaders actually man city and west ham so i guess you can call me mystic oz because i predicted it to be 2-1 and the way this the kind of set up the teams was uh, the starting lineups were set up i kind of predicted that as well in regards to pep making seven changes to the squad as they had just played the champions league uh, fixture wednesday night and then this was a midday uh kickoff at saturday so yeah, I was expecting West Ham to really challenge um, Man City during this game and I wasn't expecting a high-flying performance from City. And that's how it sort of panned out in my opinion there. But let's speak about the goals. Um, the first goal, fantastic left-footed cross by Kevin De Bruyne. Um, and a powerful header by Ruben Diaz, who's been in great, great form this season. I do want to make a point. Um, I've seen a lot of comparisons of... Diaz and Van Dyke online. I think it's probably Man City fans more than anyone else right now. Uh, but let me just put the record straight. Diaz is a solid defender and has, he's had a great debut season for City. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Ability wise, he's not in the league of Virgil Van Dyke. Nowhere near. It's like comparing a Volvo to a Rolls Royce. There's levels to this. So for me, please don't do these comparisons. I get it in terms of the stats. You want to try and see if they're equal, but yeah, stats are great. It looks good, but you have to take into consideration where the players were. He's play, Ruben Diaz is playing in a city team that are pretty much established and are really going for all uh, titles right now. Van Dyke joined a weak Liverpool team where we needed a defensive monster in our squad and he was that guy. So it's different um, situations there, but... Yeah, back to the game. I just wanted to highlight that. I've seen a lot of comparison, and annoyed me a little bit. But West Ham equalized uh, in the game, and to be fair, it was fully deserved. I think West Ham were fantastic throughout the game, especially uh, first half and second, uh, and then early second half as well. And a call for pulled it back for Lingard, who tried to shoot towards the target, um, but Antonio managed to get the final touch close range and hit the back of the net. So fully deserved that equalizer, but. With the quality that Man City possess, it was no surprise that a second goal was scored. So, nice pass by Marez to Stones, who finished like he was a striker. Fantastic goal from, from John Stone there. It's been one of the stand-up this season. Um, but having said all of this, West Ham could have equalised at the end of the game with Diop. who um, was a free man in the near post, but he just headed it wide. Um Maybe should have done better, but maybe been a bit harsh at the same time. But but for me, City fully deserved that win. And, and credit to West Ham. They've been fantastic this season. I didn't expect them to be in this position right now. Lingard has definitely had an impact in that team. But even before, they were doing really well. With Susak being one of the most probably underrated performers this season. Performance this season. So, so yeah, well done to West Ham for at least cementing a challenge for that game. And they're still in the hunt for top four. So, you know, we've still got 11 games left. So you never know how that's, how the season is going to pan out. But regarding the next fixture for Man City, this is where we saw Man City. Um, they were flying in this game against Wolves. Um, so let's just speak about some of the goals. So Mares hits a good cross, fizzes across into the face of the goal and then Duncan Fortuny here on goal there. So not a great start for, for Wolves there, unfortunately. But they did equalise. Um, and there's a fantastic whipped cross by um, Moutinho from the free kick and a diving header by Connor Cody. So good account of themselves there regarding that equaliser there as it sort of came out of the blue. But then that kind of just spurred Man City on. Uh, Kyle Walker hits a good cross, which was initially blocked by a Wolves defender. But then Jesus finishes from close range. And then the third goal... I've been pronouncing this player wrong, so I've been a bit... I was watching my old episode, I am like, oh, shit, it's not Gundogan, it's One. So, apologies. I need to say his name correctly. Uh, so, Gundogan um, uh, passed the ball to Sterling, who somehow couldn't get the ball out of his feet, and it ended up landing to Mares. And Mares neatly tucks the ball into the corner. He's really good at finishing um, those kind of chances there. So, another another... Playlist had a great week for Man City. And then the other goal was uh, Gundogan hits a shot from distance, saved by Patricio. And this shot was a good save, but he didn't parry it away from the goal. So he ended up coming back to the uh, six yard box. And then Gabriel Jesus came in, smashed it close range. Uh, it was debatable regarding his offside position, uh, but it was clear that he was onside there. So um, it went to VAR, but the goal. Was given so fantastic win for Man City again. I believe that puts them fourteen points clear. Um, said a few weeks ago, it's their title. So we're just we're just witnessing it right now. Um, no one's really challenging them, so it is what it is. But one thing I'd like to make a point is regarding um, Gabriel Jesus. Um, I really admire him as a player because a lot of people, probably including myself, actually, I don't regard him as an elite striker but he's still a quality player to have in your squad. A girl who's unfortunately always injured. Um, and even this season, Pep hasn't always played Jesus as that automatic um, selection up front. He He's played uh, Mares, I believe he's played. Uh, Foden, uh, Kevin De Bruyne as that false nine sometimes. Even Sterling, I think, had one or two games where he played in that position. Um but I've never heard him complain. I've never heard him moan. Always gives his best for the team. And he scores some important goals. Um, credit to him. I've, I would love to have a player like that at Liverpool where you can really rely on him when he comes on the pitch and he gives his all. Um, so, yeah, fantastic week for him scoring two, two goals, important goals, because Wolves are a decent team. Um, I know the scoreline probably doesn't suggest that, but if you watch the game, it wasn't, it wasn't too much in terms of the gap in the first half. But you know the quality was shown towards the latter stages, and yeah, that's why the result was four-one. But speaking of scoring four goals, Tottenham were on fire in their first fixture against Burnley. So great performance by Spurs. Gareth Bale starts the game, so opens the scoring from close range after a nice pass by Son from the left hand side, and then Kane. Fantastic striker, one of my favorite strikers. Um, s- scores a smashing goal uh, from the left-hand side. Regulan, who for me, great ability on the ball, but I feel like he can show a little bit, little bit more. Maybe because he hasn't played as many games as he would have liked. But whenever I've seen him play, I'm really impressed with the how he attacks, and his ability for crossing is amazing. Um, so he clips a nice ball into the into the box, and then Lucas Mora lashes um the ball after I think it deflected off a defender and hits it to the back of the neck there. Um, Bell back on the score sheet again. Um, Some passes the ball to Bell from the to, from the right wing. Um, and a typical Bell finish actually where he hits a nice curler from 20 yards, hits the post and goes in. Great performance by by Gareth Bell there. I feel like He's slowly, I'm not going to hype it now, but he's slowly showing um uh, good form again. Um I don't think he'll reach those heights where he was at Tottenham previously or even when he was at Real Madrid. But I feel like if he continues to play like this, he'll be a very effective um for Tottenham this season as well. So that goes on to the next match, actually. So could have been a banana skin with this one because Fulham for me have been I know they're in a relegation battle right now, but they've been fantastic in the last few months in terms of the level performances. Um, this was a tight one for Tottenham. This was not an easy win. I know it's suggested from a scoreline, but if you watch the game as well, Fulham had a lot of chances towards this, um, the latter stages of the game. Um, but the goal itself, Bell hits it to Son, who dribbles on the left wing. hits hits a great cross across the, the goal, and Dele Alli just does a neat touch. Uh, the inside of his foot into the goal. Dele Alli's showing a bit of form now as well. Played um, in the Europa League uh, the other day and scored a great goal. So he's slowly showing his form back as well, which is great to see. Um, for, from a Fulham's perspective, Lamina had a good chance, um, but he shot the ball over the bar. Um, but credit to Fulham, they were not hiding at all. They were trying to get that equaliser. They did actually score with their new signing, major, Um But there was a handball before that shot had taken place, so it was ruled um, it was disallowed by VAR. But that's two straight wins in the Premier League for Spurs. They're currently eighth uh, with a game in hand and are five points away from fourth. I wouldn't quite say they're back in the uh, the top four race, but you know, a lot can happen right now they can still challenge for it. I wouldn't rule them out completely. It's just been one of those seasons where there's like four or five teams that are trying to get that full spot. So 11 games to go, as I mentioned previously, anything can happen. And I guess that's the beauty of the top four challenge this year. We don't know who's going to be in there, to be fair. And one of the teams that are right now that I feel like a couple of months ago have cemented their position in the top four, I feel like they're in question again now. And that's Leicester City. So this performance itself, let me give some credit to Arsenal. I feel like they were fantastic in this fixture. Um, probably not the best start, regarding Leicester scoring first. So they scored with a nice finish by Tillman's, um, and then later on uh, they received a free kick uh, just outside the box. Debate whether it was a penny or not, but nevertheless, nicely worked free kick by Willian, and a good diving header by David Luiz there. Uh, but the penalty decision afterwards was definitely the turning point for me uh, in this game, uh, which was nicely finished by Lacazette, as Leicester's confidence dropped completely after that goal. And then Pepe uh, scores later in the game from close range to round off a great move. A bit of scruffy pass in here and there, but and he gets gets the win for Arsenal. So credit to Arsenal. Fantastic win for them. Um, Leicester City so they, they played two fixtures in in this match week as well against Burnley. So Burnley, as we all know, very strong at home. But this was a chance for Leicester to regain some points that they dropped against Arsenal and help them climb up the table as well. Firstly, unfortunately, Childy um, gives the ball away uh, with a bad back pass and Vidra for Burnley... Lashes onto the ball and finishes to give Burnley the lead. Not a great start for the youngster, unfortunately, there. But he did have a chance later on in the game to make amends. Um, nice cross by Castagna, who's back in the team now. Um, and Charlie just hit the ball over the bar. Close range, 60-yard box. Should have scored, in my opinion. Um, difficult cross as it was whipped quite fast, but I feel like he should have scored. Um but the Leicester goal is That's a nice goal. A nice lofty free ball by Ndidi. And Il- Ilhanacho literally half volley back in there. Fantastic goal. Probably one of the best goals this, this week. There's a, a few too fair, but one of my favourite goals in terms of technique. Um, and I think the goalkeeper tried to run out and get the ball, but he beat him to it. So, great start to the great equaliser, I should say. Uh, but great start for uh, Ila Nacho there. Um, in the end, I guess it's a good point for Leicester, um, as Chris Woods did have a chance late on in the game. Great save by Schmeichel there. But just a question for you guys there. Does it look like Leicester City, or should I say even Brendan Rodgers, may bottle their top four position again this season like they did last year? Because obviously they had a lot of injuries last year. and similar, They do have injuries this year as well but they're not showing consistency at the latter stages of the season. So let me know what you think because their form has dipped, in my opinion. And they do seem flat at times, but... Yeah, to be fair, I think because there's so many teams challenging right now, anything can happen. And that's why I said earlier on. There's no certainty in terms of who will be in the top four. So... <coughs> excuse me. Let me know your thoughts in regards to Leicester C and do you think they will maintain this challenge? And... Big top four by the end of the season love to hear from you guys there but that's my review of match week 24 i'll quickly do a thing that i like to do every week is my team of the week for um match week 26 so let me just remove this banner so you can see my team excuse me so as you can see, I've added Gweta in my team as the goalkeeper of the team. Uh, I feel like he had a great um great match to be fair, two clean sheets, uh, but made some good savings Manchester United. So that's why I've added him to the team. Defense actually was quite a difficult one. I had such I had quite a few people that I wanted to add. So I had David Luiz, um, who was a contender in this um defense. Pinter is one of the main ones. And I had a couple other players. But I've gone for Diaz and Stones uh, as they both scored, but they've been pretty dominant for Man City in the course of the week. And Christensen, uh, two clean sheets, back in the team and performing really well. Was fantastic against Liverpool last night. Um, So he's kind of resurrected his career at Chelsea because he was more or less in the fringes of the squad. So, um. Definitely credit due for him there. Uh, he's been playing really well. Regarding my midfield, I've got Regulon as my sort of wing-back left mid, have you want to say. This is my formation for most weeks, I'm afraid, because I like to try and fit as many quality players in. Uh, regular, I've just been very impressed with his wing play. Um, has great ability on the ball. The cross itself was decent, but I feel like he had... He, both games, I feel like he did really well. So that's why I've added him to the team. Excuse me, um, Mason Mount, oh, fantastic goal against Liverpool. So I can't really displace him there. And to be fair, I feel like a lot of people thought when Tuch- Tuchel joined, he might have been one of the players that would have dropped from the starting lineup due to the unfortunate <laughs> um, perception that he was like a teacher's bet for Lampard and all that sort of stuff. I think he's a great, but I think he's very underrated. To be honest with you, he has amazing technique. Um, I feel like he might not be as flashy on the eye as players like Madison and Grealish. So probably that's why he doesn't get that credit. But I think he's a fantastic player and definitely has a great future ahead of himself. Um, Speaking of English talent there, I've added Jones to the um, team, which might raise a few eyebrows there. But I feel like if you consider how he played against Sheffield United, played decent against Chelsea as well, um, in terms of midfielders, I feel like he just had a good performance this match week. Um, our, our results probably don't re- reflect that, but I feel like you have to. I had to award him for for his for his performances, so that's why I've got him there. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, fantastic, fantastic player. Um, got some goals, assists as well over match week twenty six. So couldn't couldn't display them. Definitely deserves to be in the team. Son as well very lively couple of sisters goals for him as well alongside his partner in crime on the other wing gareth bale back in the team scoring causing havoc on the wings so yeah so that's why i've got the two tottenham pair in my front three and i've got jesus who scored two goals against wolves but i've just been impressed with him, in terms of his attitude this this week we'll probably just see them too for they always man city career i think he's a Definitely a very, really valuable player for that team there. Um it's got two important goals, close range, weren't spectacular goals, but that's what I want from a striker. So, yeah, that's why I've added him in my team of the week there. So before we wrap up the show, I think I've been speaking quite a lot about Liverpool. So it's probably more than my <laughs> normal duration of the show, but uh, we can quickly uh, crack on regarding the fancy football. Premier League table, the uh, league that we have as part of Football Talk podcast. Um, so my performance, I've got 80 points this week, which is all right, to be fair. Most weeks that would have been quite high. Um, I think the highest in terms of the uh, sort global score was 178. So if you look in that space, not that great, it's half the score. Um, but there was one gentleman in our league um aaron lave who scored one one four points um uh, during this match week so yeah i'm climbing up the league i think i'm 14th or something but yeah i have not i've not even been manager of the week this season so I'm a little bit disappointed but fantastic um performance by aaron there great selection with his fantasy team there and uh, we'll see how your weeks go on in terms of where you are in the league um getting close closer to the end of the season now so we'll see who the winner is as the winner will be receiving a special prize um but yeah we're going to speak about that closer to the time but yeah before we wrap up let's just do a little preview of match week 27 so this is the biggest game next week uh regarding man city and manchester united manchester derby here i did briefly touch on it earlier on the show i said no no but that's because i was speaking about main nine i thought you know what they They're so defensive-minded in these kind of fixtures that they might kill kill the excitement for the game because even as a neutral, I I love to watch strong oppositions play each other. I'm hoping it's not a nil-nil. That would really annoy me. Um, I'm going for a 2-0 Man City against United. I feel like they're in such high confidence right now. I know Ole's going to park the bus, the jumbo jet, you name it. He's going to do everything he can to stop them but I really hope... Um, Man City break their defence and scores a lot of goals or just get the win because as a neutral you want to see exciting games you don't want teams to just hold back as well Um, but the last derby was a very boring match as well so let's hope it's not deja vu and it's not a recurrence of the last fixture but yeah we'll, we'll see how that goes but that's the end of our show right now. So please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Uh, we appreciate the love and support you guys have shown over the course of the season. Um, if you'd like to follow me on social, I'm on Instagram at aussie.ftp and on Twitter, I'm Aussie FTP. Um So our next episode for Match Week 27 will be next Thursday, eleventh of March at 9.30pm. So this is UK time. So please... Uh, don't forget to tune in and i'm sure we'll have some interesting reviews hopefully some exciting results as well but so yeah so that wraps us up for today thank you for tuning in and thank you for staying up so late i know it's a very late one today so i really appreciate that and we shall see you next week take care